another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and I'm joined this Sunday evening by a, a multifaceted artist um, who is the vocalist for the band Delicious Monsters. They are uh, an, an artist um, who uh, makes really rad clothing um, and tote bags um, with like album artwork on it. Um, in addition to, you know, uh, other really cool, uh, clothing designs and everything, um, uh, their, their brand is called always be a buddy. And they also, uh, host the podcast Zelvis live from the moon. And I'm excited to talk to them all about their passions, artistry and why they do what they do. Thank you very much Zelda for joining me today. Thanks for having me. You're most welcome. How, how are you doing? How's your day? It's good. Things things are really good. <laughs> good. Well, what did your day consist of? Well, today I've been working on making sure I have plants ready to get in the ground because it's oh, yeah. nearing last frost. Mm-hmm. So I did that. I've been reorganizing my entire studio. Um, I'm putting in a, essentially like I'm putting in a dark room for my printi- printing sure. projects and. Yeah, rebuilding awesome. my website. So it's just like a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is quite an itinerary, but an exciting one. Um, yeah, we were saying before we started recording, it's a pretty chaotic time of year, but chaotic in a good way. You're, you, you've said you've got the garden going. What's What, what are you uh, planting? So I have about 15 different kinds of heirloom tomatoes, peppers, um, cauliflower, garlic, radishes, every everything. Um, my favorite thing that I, I grow is edible flowers. Mm. And so I have a bunch of nasturtiums, um, mm. Johnny Jump Ups, uh, calendulas. So I, I get really excited about edible flowers. Oh, that's awesome. I, damn, that's a, that's a rad garden. Um, I, I don't think I've ever, I don't know if I've had edible flowers before. Yeah, they're they're really fun. I didn't. I just like got really into them um, a few years ago. So mm-hmm. uh, lavender is also a big. You can just eat lavender, making lavender cookies and um, like violet uh, simple syrups and stuff for cocktails. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's terrific. Yeah, right on. Well, cool, cool, cool. That's uh, that's neat stuff. Um, also, uh, happy May Day. Yeah, happy mating. Yeah, to all workers out there. What we talk about in Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity. And so, um, Zelda, we, we uh, have kind of met through just like uh, the River West area, which is how I meet uh, a lot of my friends these days. And it's been super rad getting to know you in the last year or so. Um, uh, bought a shirt from you. Uh, it's a... Is it like a, it's like a sky blue shirt. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and I've been really, uh, I haven't actually seen your band yet, but I'm really excited to see delicious monsters at some point. Oh, we have a show tomorrow. That's yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> and I unfortunately can't make it cause I have a PSL meeting, but, uh, but one of these days I will. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to talk about all those things and, uh, I guess kind of to start, uh, uh, to take it back a bit. Uh, so for one, um, where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in 
essentially like New Berlin, Wisconsin, which is about a half hour away from Milwaukee, um, right on the border of New Berlin and Muskego. I'm sure. Uh, in the 90s. So mm. um, it was very, it was pretty rural. My neighbors had sheep and goats and chickens and stuff nice. like that. And I mean, today it's it's all just urban sprawl. It's all just strip malls and Starbucks and Walmarts and stuff now. Yeah. Um, but there was a lot more green space at that time. Mm. So that's where I grew up and then promptly ran away to Milwaukee as often as I could as soon as I had friends old enough to drive vehicles. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that 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 definitely makes sense. Um, did you spend a lot of time in, like, uh, Kettle Moraine forests? Oh, I never went outside. Really. Oh, no. I'm, I'm not much of an outdoor. I was, I was I, especially at the, I'm learning to be an outdoorsy person now. Sure. But at that time, I was definitely not one who wanted to play outside. Oh, sure. So. Hey, that's totally fair. I mean, I spent a lot of time uh, just glued to my PlayStation when I was a kid, too. So, yeah, yeah um, I get that. Um, so, um, since, you, you know, you, you, you have several creative outlets, I, I guess I have to ask, like, what kind of came first for you? Um, like, th- like, in terms of your, your, whether it's the music or the, the, the artwork? Uh, yeah, I guess, like, how did it all start for you? What came first? Um, I guess what came first was just like my love for drawing and all things like visual art. Um, I've I've been drawing since I was like a child, since I mm-hmm. remember making anything. And I remember specifically like the day that I decided I was going to be an artist. I think it was like four. And my aunt was like, oh, you drew this really good picture. Like you could grow up to be an artist. And I'm like, Oh, I'm going to grow up and be an artist now, mm. and that's what that like I, I chose my my life path that day. So, nice. um, <laughs> so I've been I've been doing it since then. You know, I've just been, you know, like all through school, like 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 grade school, high school, college, everything has just been like drawing pictures, everything, and and along with that is just like being an art person. Mm-hmm. Like it gets, I like to me like visual art and like musical art all go hand in hand and so it was very much like oh i'm a weirdo artist but that means i should also be a weirdo rock star so um that i mean that came later when i developed like a love for music but i feel like they go hand in hand absolutely yeah kind of seems like the logical next step right yeah and I, i think it's like it's really fascinating um is that in so many ways in the in the past and i guess like maybe in other scenes and stuff like not to disparage milwaukee in any way um but i feel like that there's like a very strict line here whereas people are either visual artists or they're musicians and there isn't a lot of like overlap and i feel like there needs to be more overlap Mm -hmm. you know i think of places like the factory or um just like a lot of like early folk music like like the folk blues revival kind of thing where people you know you had these like these like happenings you have this event where there's a visual art element as well as a musical element and everyone kind of intermingled with each other and here i feel Mm -hmm. like everyone's very like separated sure which is such a bummer because i feel like there needs to be more like like more cohesion between the scenes absolutely oh yeah big time and i I guess i'm only speaking for my like my visual art community and my musical community as well so i'm sure that there's other 
um, communities like within the city that maybe are more, co- more cohesive. But from my it, like my experience, yeah. it's just so separate, and it's such a bummer. Yeah, no, I I I definitely like hear what you're saying. Like, yeah, um, because you know everyone should be able to like. You know, if if you have various uh, mediums that that connect with you, like everyone should be able to, you know, not just pick one and be able to explore all of that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What were some of your favorite things you liked to draw when you were younger? I would always just draw like like characters. I love drawing people, and like even like when I had just had like coloring books and stuff like that, it was like I would always just like go through all the coloring books and just color all the lipstick on mm-hmm. all of the characters, like like the Little Mermaid, like like I don't know whatever coloring books I had is like everyone had bright red lipstick on everything. That's like the only like the first and only thing I would color. Mm-hmm. It's like everything else came second, and so like sure. when I started drawing. Everything is just like I learned how to draw from, you know, like looking at magic cards and trying to like emulate the amazing artwork on magic cards and um, just comic books. And I remember one of the most like amazing drawings that I had done was like a replica of Venom because I I (laughs) loved comic books and stuff as a kid. And so um, or like even Psylocke, just like trying to get like all these like magic powers and um try to emulate that in my own drawing. So I, just, I would just draw different, like, comic-y type characters. Um, and even to this day, I still really enjoy just, like, like most of my, my illustrat- illustrative work um, is still very, like, cartoony and comic-y. But, mm-hmm. um, and, like, in a lot of ways, like, going to art school really crushed my spirit on being an illustrator mm-hmm. uh, because I have absolutely no desire for realism in any capacity. Sure. Um, but I've kind of learned to love the fact that I'm just kind of you know, a uh, cartoon. So yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it comes through in my visual work as well as just like my general self. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, uh, I, yeah, I appreciate you sharing all of that. Um, do you, do you have a favorite color? My favorite color is pink and green. Oh, good. Good duality there. Yeah. I like that. Like strawberry kiwi. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, good stuff. For a while, mine was blue, but lately I've been really into purple. Oh. I like purple a lot. That's interesting. I really like purple. Like, blue is my least favorite color. Huh. I, I, like, I, I was like, I started writing about this yesterday over breakfast about how much I like hate the color blue, but I'm like, yeah. why do I hate the color blue? And really, I don't, I don't hate it. I don't. Hate is a strong word. I, I dislike the color blue, sure. but at the, and I was like musing on like, why do I dislike this color? And I like, for all the reasons that I dislike the color, like it gives it a reason that it's important. And mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, it all comes around. So it, it is very valid color. It's a good color. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's a versatile one. Yeah. It's, it's very important. Yeah. Shout out to blue. Um, <laughs> yeah. In my roundabout way, here's a shout out to Blue, even though like I have some issues. <laughs> sure, <laughs> but it's still very important. Yes, yes, yeah. There's obviously beauty in all colors and their own unique ways. Um, but I just like to add. I, I like asking uh, um, people who like drew growing up. I, I I like to ask them about their favorite colors. Um, my mom's is yellow. Yellow gets a lot of hate, but yellow. <laughs> Yellow can be dope. Yellow is so good. I love yellow so much. It is like, like after pink and green, it's definitely yellow, orange, and red. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The warm, the warm ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Um, right on. So, so you said that you went to art school. 
Yes, I did. Um, what did you study? So um, I went to school. Um, well, I had to. I did so poorly in elementary and high school that I had to go to community college for a couple of years to like build up my portfolio and stuff like that. And sure. so um, I studied painting for five years at community college in Madison, mm-hmm. and I studied under some really amazing people. And um, then I was accepted into a bunch of art schools, but I was given a full ride scholarship to my ad, which I promptly dropped out of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was going to study p- printmaking there as well as painting. And I was only there for a week and decided that was not the school for me, mm-hmm. sadly. So then um, I went to UWM a mm-hmm. couple years later and I studied printmaking followed by fiber arts. And so um, I so I studied painting for five years and then have a dual degree in print and fibers. So that's what I do. Right on. I can't really decide on what I'm... I still think about going back to painting sometimes. But, sure. you know, I, I've kind of stuck with just fibers and print. Right on. Yeah. And, hey, it goes back to what we were saying earlier. Like, you know, they're all just as valid as one another, like the different mediums and stuff. So, yeah, whatever just makes sense in in that moment, I guess. Yeah. It's like, it's really important to understand, like, um, all of the mediums like inform each other in certain ways like totally um like you have to understand some level of painting in order to understand certain you know just like everything like it's like how how you apply materials how you apply like like just like the context and stuff i guess i'm not being as eloquent as i would like but um i understand what you're saying though it's just kind of like how you frame a photograph Versus how you choose to, like, create, like, anything. Yeah. You know, like, even just, yeah. like, an abstract image is, is all important. Yeah. You're, so. u- you're utilizing uh, a lot of the same creative conduits. Yeah. 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 So I'd love to hear more about how you kind of conceptualized the always be a buddy uh, brand and and that it's, it's your thing. Like, I'd love to hear kind of how it all started. Like, what... What did you want to do with it, et cetera? Um, so I guess, like, always be a buddy. Um, like, I just needed a name for what I was doing. And I guess it all kind of, like... Hmm. So I was working as a bike messenger living in Chicago. And I broke my kneecap. Well, I didn't break it myself. Like, I was, you know, I was hit by a car. Oh, damn. <laughs> um, so it was broken for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was just like sitting around and I had been making like puffy paint album cover t-shirts and stuff. And like, it was just like something that I wanted to do, but I was just making for friends. But given the situation I was kind of in that, I was just like, I need to monetize what I'm doing in a way that, you know, like will help me like get through this situation. Sure. Um, and so I did that, but like always be a buddy was essentially just kind of like, the name is taken from, uh, like, I totally stole it from a child's drawing that I saw at a museum once. Oh, no, no. <laughs> so, um, it really, sure. it, like, like it, it just had, like, it, it stuck with me a whole lot because, you know, I think it's really important to be, a, like, a good pal, you know? Of course. Um, and so, in 
regards to like what I was making. It was just kind of like it was like it started in this like like need for money in a way and just making art and like trying to do something that way. But it's evolved into something entirely different in the sense that well, obviously it's like still a little shop and stuff, but it's evolved in the way that like we have to be like a buddy in the sense that we are um like our clothing has impacts Mm -hmm. so um like i was gonna make a joke about how it's may day and like everything i do is like super political in a lot of ways and so i'm just kind of like how do i like transition to like this but like our clothing is super important like everything is connected it's like like being involved in fiber art um, most of my undergraduate work was focused on labor practices, sweatshops, and how we produce clothing. And so, uh, and like who's making those clothing? Who is, like, where is our thread coming from? Where yeah. is, like, but like, 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 um, just really deconstructing it in this way. And how are we being a good person? pal a good buddy a good human being to another human being if like we are exploiting the labor of the like exploiting these people who are laboring to make these things but also exploiting the earth and exploiting animals Mm -hmm. in a way to just like you know it's it all comes at this cost it all comes at this like very human and just like living cost of the earth and stuff and so it's like how do we be a better buddy how do we be a buddy when we make these things and so all of the clothing that i make um i i try to either thrift or purchase union made like blanks or i purchase um stuff from a canadian company that does all like ethically manufactured hemp and bamboo like like mm-hmm. fabric yeah and so um I try to be as ethical in sourcing all of my materials mm-hmm. and then do it like I do all the labor myself. And so like no one is being like exploited as, of course. to the best of my knowledge, like in the mm-hmm. production of anything I make. And it's just like it's being um, and like by eliminating all of like these other like steps and all this, like all these other processes, like like I dye all the fabric, I paint the imagery, I make the look they construct the clothing and stuff um it creates this like connection to like the source mm-hmm. and i think that's a really amazing like thing yeah. that people don't just people don't think about a lot of like how we're all interconnected how yeah. um just you know like you know you bought a green shirt okay but like where did that shirt come from? Like, and then you can break it yeah. down that way. Where did that green dye come from? And you can break yep. it down that way. And it's just like, it becomes so overwhelming. And like, you know, when you start realizing that like everything is atrocity. Of course. <laughs> oh man. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for saying all of that and sharing all of that because what you're talking about is extremely important. Um, yeah. Like being intentional, like with the world around you. right is like what it all like comes down to you know like you said everything is political like you can dissect um every every aspect of what we consume what we what we eat what we wear what we listen to like all of it is is political to some like 
in in terms of yeah everything that like how everything is interconnected and who made it who distributed it like who's profiting off of it when you develop class consciousness it just flips your whole like perception of your position relative to the world um upside down um and the thing is is like i don't know i I think about this a lot like what we consider to be radically left politics really like they shouldn't be considered radical at all because it harkens to the golden rule that we've been learning since we were little which is treat others the way you want to be treated would you want to be treated you know with with disrespect and with exploitation and with shame and manipulation and abuse no he wouldn't so like that's why like it's it, a lot of these things that are considered radical politics really are just you know common human decency uh we could obviously talk about this for hours but yeah well i, I think it like i think that um like to bring it all back to art it's really wild because i like like i make art from a place of just kind of like like i i grew up at like well below the poverty line and it's really a miracle that i've like just kind of like done what i have done and i've spent like a real privilege to be able to do a lot of the things that i've had the privilege to do mm-hmm. and especially choosing to be an artist and to just be as delusional as I am, like I say, this like um, it's like I could just be like, okay, well, I could just go get a real job, and, and like I have a job, like I I am, am like a person that has to feed myself, you know. So I have a job, but I also make art on the side, and I still absolutely one hundred percent believe that I'm an artist and mm-hmm. that I'm a rock star, and I do all this stuff, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, and I haven't let those passions die or that belief die in anything, and it's like at this point, I'm just like is this just silly? Am I out of my mind for doing this? And the answer is no. It's because exactly. that's it's, that's like the most radical thing that I can do is be like, no, I am part of this. Like I am yeah. an artist. I am a rock star. I am a celebrity. I 100%. am everything that, you know, like we, we, we give away so much of our own power and our own creative power to like, you know, who we see on like movies or, and television and stuff like that. And that powers within all of us. And so, like, right, um, yeah. so, like, because I, I like when we give like our power away, like our creative energy and our power to just watching TV. Like, I'm sorry, that's kind of like a rant. I'm like really passionate about like oh, no, no, how no, no, much no. I hate like celebrities. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. But like, like I think of like the Ashcan School in like what was it, like the early 1900s this like art movement where they used a lot of grays and browns and stuff like that and it was just like very ugly but like it was very it was very important to like like ennoble the working class you know yeah. and it was very much like well to do like rich people like highlighting and elevating the poor working class and the prostitutes and the orphans and all this stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like the seedy underbelly of New York. And it's right, just like, yeah. like, no, like, yeah. like, I mean, I'm glad that those paintings exist because it's really important to like have paintings of these people, you know, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like, 
it's never it's never the working class artists who yeah. get to go anywhere and be like this is actually what it's like this is what i'm painting this is yeah. how and we're slowly getting that we're not there yet and so it's like um even after going to art school like my whole feelings about being an artist have changed drastically it's like who actually gets to still be a celebrated artist and who is just like a craftsperson or who is just a hobbyist and like right. i like have like a vendetta oh. <laughs> so it's just kind of like it's a warranted one <laughs> it's just like ignore hollywood ignore like any kind of radio possible it's just like make your own music celebrate the people who are working at like restaurants yeah. down the street who also have a band and like those people are the celebrities in your neighborhood those are the people who totally. deserve all of your attention and all of your money so yeah. um so i'm like really passionate just like making sure that all of my friends know that they're the most amazing celebrated famous people i know fuck yeah shout <laughs> so. out to all of you you're all rock stars um, you know but yeah because it's 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 all just like i don't know it's it's wild yeah no i yeah you you're so right i mean like you're saying about um what, what was the um the 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 style of art from like the early 19th century you said or? um the, it was called the Ashcan school okay and it was um i think his name was like Robert Henry and John Sloan um uh something Lux i can't Lux Luke's i can't remember but it was very much like um you know people enjoying the nightlife and just like everyday scenes of people going out and just doing what we do as like mm -hmm. working class individuals you know right. and it was just like it was just so obnoxious like the way that they were just like but these are like and they, they they like have the best intentions like to like just be like no they're humans they they have lives right. and i'm just like oh my god this is wild what you know? a concept you know yeah yeah like yeah, because it depends a lot on what perspective it's being told from, like exactly. that it's being, yeah, the way it's being conveyed. Um, that's why, like, another thing I think about is, like, yeah, when people think of, like, big, like, industry cities to move to, like, the way it's idealized, such as I mean, L.A., you know, I think about L.A. a lot, you know, like, there's there's a lot of great reasons to live there but also like it's so romanticized like as like the in the place to go like if you're gonna make it like kind of what you're saying about celebrities like if you're gonna if you're gonna make it like that's where all celebrities go but then you go there and like there's just it's so rampant with like so many like socio-political and economic issues like there's so many homeless people and when you see, yeah, like the underside of what is so romanticized in the media, in in this like just hyper competitive sphere of media, and yeah, I re I really hate it too. Yeah, it's it's really wild. Like, because um, I, I feel like with places like like L.A., it's like it's so like concentrated. Like, if you want to make it, you go to New York or L.A. or you go to these larger places, and it's really unfortunate because. It, it, it's similar to like brain drain in a way, but it's like this like creative drain, like it's the weirdo drain. It's like, um, I want to say it was like, like Willem Dafoe, maybe is he from Appleton? I think yeah. he's from Wisconsin, but I think there was a quote that he said that was like, Wisconsin's biggest export is all its weirdos. And, <laughs> um, like, it's so true. It's just like, if, if everyone just stayed 
in their weird like in smaller cities like and made it like like similar like like Minneapolis has such an amazing thriving art community and just like creative community in general and I'm thinking about like we don't have that in Milwaukee the same way that other cities do you know mm-hmm. it's like everyone leaves to go to these bigger places and yeah. we don't have and, the, and what bigger places have like is is the resources and sadly with the money that provides those resources there's this like horrible just like 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 dynamic of just like the haves and like the absolute have nots it's like mm-hmm. even living in chicago it was like there were so many creative opportunities there were so many resources just available like that you know like there was just so much yeah like so much abundance but because of like because there was like the hyper rich like with a lot like allowing for those resources to kind of like exist and like for them to like invest in and like whatever is just like it allowed for the complete opposite for that to thrive as well sadly because there was no support there's no um like reciprocity in any capacity yeah which is just like a symptom of like i mean it's all part of capitalism of course so very hierarchy oriented i like the midwest I, i like living in the midwest i I don't like the winters, but I, I do love the Midwest. Um, there's a lot of amazing opportunity out here, and, and I love the people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the Midwest, but, you know, it's where I live. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. It's all, at the end of the day, it also just comes down to taste, too. Yeah. But, um, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, so we were t- still talking about um, always be a buddy and like yeah. your philosophy behind it. And um, so, yeah, I guess like what has it kind of become up up t- to this point? Um, like, because um, I know, yeah, you have like an online shop and whatnot. So like, yeah, what has it kind of like, you know, how has it evolved since you started it? So... Um, so I started it in or in Chicago when I was living there and um, I've lived in Milwaukee again for two years and it's evolved in the sense that um, I've, I've started doing um, like I so I still make shirts and I still make totes and I still make like all that like like all the wearable stuff but I also started making um, rugs as many people have like caught on the tufting thing I'm really in mm. love with tufting Um but I, th- I think it's like it's me like like because my main my main goal with always be a buddy and just things that I make it's like how do I make something functional and beautiful at the same time like how do I make something that's like you know like I because I'm always I'm really drawn or like pulled rather it's just like I don't like the concept of just making an art object something that just sits there and takes up space and doesn't do anything but like like other like because like owning art is just such a is just such a capitalist thing to do it's just Mm -hmm. like you own this valuable object and that's it that's what it does you know and i just i it's like how do like how like like just the perpet like if i'm going to perpetuate making art in a certain way like i want it to be utilized i want it to be beneficial for both like the person who made it in order to like provide beauty and um, commentary into the world, but also like for like the person who receives the art and purchases it, like they're also like allowing it to like live and continue in a certain way. Um, so clothing was really important and what I really enjoy because mm. it's like 
I make this thing and then people can like give it a new life. Like yeah. they'll take on the person. Cause I, th- I think of the clothing that I make as another being as like another person. And so it's like, you become like friends with this little jacket you bought or like a mm-hmm. sweater and like you take it every, like if it's your favorite thing, and like I always want it to be like your favorite item of clothing. It's just like you take it with you. You share these experiences, and it like hold like fibers like hold that memory kind of yeah. thing. And oh yeah, you have totally. those memories, and it's like like it, it, it like takes on a life, and you have stories with it. But yeah. um, mm-hmm. it's the same thing with like why like like I want people to have rugs and books and like magnets. I want like people to be able to like like there's so much opportunity with tufting. And like, so I've been, I've been working on a lot of like really interesting modular home decor that's not just like on the floor or just like on a wall Mm -hmm. or, you know, it's just like, how do I, how do I get these things in motion? How do I make uh, like this like tufted thing? Like, how do I get that in motion and how does that travel with you kind of thing? And how does that build a story with you? And so, um, I'm really excited to just make these like companion pieces, Mm -hmm. I guess. It's like, how do I make like fiber companions for people (laughs) to hang out with? Yeah. Yeah. And and, like, um, so that's kind of how it's evolved because it's just like, it's moving from just being like, because I feel like it it relied so heavily on being just like an out, like a puffy paint album cover shirt. You know, I want it to be more like this is a being and this is what it's doing instead mm-hmm. of just being like, this is what the image is and the image is of importance, yeah. you know? And so like, just kind of like making sure that they are seen differently. So I think that's a really fascinating way to like be making things. And it's definitely been interesting rebuilding my website on like, yeah. how do I convey these ideas of just like, here is a weird fuzzy book I made. Like, yeah. But tell your story through this book. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, like there's a level of interactivity with it. Yeah. And I, and like it, like to me, it's like, it's really important for people to put their own mark on things. Yeah. Um, so when I was in school, I made, um, a printed book and zine and stuff. So, uh, it was called $5 cover, a rock and roll coloring book. And it was very mm. important that like, um, that I like utilize all these different avenues. So my friend Andy Junk, who does photography, Shout out to Andy Junk. took um, a bunch of photos and then I screen printed all those photos into a book and then I like photocopied them into like these smaller zines. And so mm-hmm. people were able to like get these photos from my friend that like did this book and then like people were able to go and like color them in. Yeah. And so it's like these multi, like this like community type of like project then it's like, and it's like very important for people to have their own hand in things mm-hmm. and to also realize that they're like creating art and like, like even if like someone gets a shirt from me and then they spill their like hot dog all over their <laughs> shirt and then there's like, it's stained, but it's like, no, that's like part of the life of the shirt. That's like part of like your hand, yeah. and your being interacting with these things. And so, Damn. um, Wow. So to me, it's just kind of like anything that you spill on, like, you know, that coffee stain is important. Yeah. Like, keep it there. Like, keep it there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I can tell you how to get it out, but, you know, oh, it's important. Yeah. That That's just like a life memory right there. <laughs> that's a damn cool, like, perspective to have. Because I actually, literally before you got, this is, I'm not, I'm not kidding. Like, before you got here, like, 
I woke up from my nap and realized I had a stain on my shirt and was, like, trying to get it out and, like, you know, because I was, like, didn't want to have a big stain, like, if I'm going to have a guest in the house. But the way, but then, like, your words just now, like, make it feel like, no, it's okay to have that stain because that's part of the lore of the shirt. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but, yeah, like you said, it's adding a storytelling like a story to be told element of of these objects um that have like artistic value but also like you're allowing those said artistic objects to, to grow and evolve with you and that's yeah no like that's a really unique and cool uh way to look at it i i'm gonna be thinking about that yeah, it's it's always a bummer to be like, oh, like, like, because obviously you don't want to wear something that like looks like shabby or whatever. Mm. But I I think that like you can always turn it into something really amazing if it has an interesting enough story. Then it's like yeah. it's perfect. And I like to think everything is like slightly magical, and it's just like it's really important to find like, like, and to like make stories that create every little thing like slightly magical to like make our life worth living. You know, yeah. so yeah. so yeah. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. Um. Yeah, there's, it just, like you said, there's, there's a tale to be told. There's a tale behind it. There's, there's layers to it. So, um, well, that's really exciting and awesome stuff. Thank you for sharing all of that. Um, as of like what you have right now, um, what, what's, what's in your store now or your online shop? So, um, I haven't, I've been, I've been toying with the idea of just doing drops and stuff and like making a bunch of stuff and then dropping things because I primarily make things to order. I don't like, um, like I have a few shirts, um, I just had, and, and thankfully, because like I had a shirt that I sent out to a show in San Diego that was at, um, a record store day art show. Nice. And so I sent a shirt out there. Um, but like, I have a few things that I like made for, for, um, like doing pop-ups and stuff last summer, but I really don't like doing that. Like, I don't like having things just pre-made sure. um, because I think it's wasteful. And then like people who like absolutely love something, but then it's the wrong size. And like, mm -hmm. especially with clothing, it's like, to me, it's really important to like, make sure that all of the things that I make are accessible to all bodies. Yeah. And so it's just kind of, um, I don't want to just like make a bunch of stuff and then have someone feel disappointed because they don't have some, I don't have something in their size. Mm -hmm. um, and so like aside from waste and stuff like that, it's just like, I really enjoy making things to what the person wants. So that way it's like super unique and something that yeah. they super want. And like, sure. I feel like a lot of like shopping and a lot of like clothing is just kind of like people just telling you what you want. And that like, yeah. then just like feeding that into you and be like, you want this, you want this. And then right. you're like, Oh, I guess I want this. It's all presets. And it's just yeah. like, no, what do you want? Like, right. And especially, especially like with something like I just make t-shirts and long sleeves and sweaters you know, or sweatshirts. And so it's like, no, really, what do you want? Like you want like six different colors. Like, what do you want? Like, what is your dream shirt look like? And yeah. like, I want to make that. I want to make something that's like your favorite thing. So, um, I think with like my tufted pieces, I'll probably be doing just drops for that because it's just kind of like people will know the idea and then they'll have an idea for aesthetic. And if people don't like it, then I'll just put it in my house, <laughs> you know, sure, yeah. but with clothing, I think it's really important that I, I do things like custom made and yeah. it's all to order. And so, um, 
Of course. Yeah. yeah, so I don't really care. I don't have a lot of stuff in my shop at the moment. I do have a few things. So if you really like Bob Dylan, I have a medium-sized Bob Dylan sweater. <laughs> right on. Yeah, for sure. Um, you you want to personalize everything that you know you you share with others, and and that's that's an admirable thing. So yeah. um, I'll be posting a link to Always Be a Buddy, the, the uh, Zelda's uh, website, um, in the description. How about we talk a little bit about Delicious Monsters? Yeah. You up for that? Yeah, absolutely. Right so on. Delicious Monsters um, started last late last year. Um, and it was just kind of like Joe Cannon and I were sitting at X-Ray Arcade being like, oh, it's just like, you know, this band, like we can just make this weird band. And then I had already, um, like my partner, uh, James is the drummer of delicious monsters. And we had already decided that we were going to start a band called delicious monsters. Mm. And so we all, it was kind of all pulled together. And then, Mm. um, our pal duck was like, I don't know. I just like, I wanted duck in the band and I like, I don't drink all that often, but I like the, the one day that I drank last summer, I was, out of my mind just being like let's start a band you should be in my band <laughs> and so and bless his heart he's in my band Hell yeah. <laughs> not so, my band our band but, for sure um so Gotta yeah so duck. um that's all of us just a four piece and it's just kind of like a fun weirdo um i don't know joe keeps saying that it's like wiry post-punk you know mm-hmm. or using terms like if the cure played desert rock Oh wow! So I don't really, I don't really know. Like, damn, I, I could. That sounds really <laughs> awesome. I, I get down with that for sure. So I, yeah, I don't really know. We're just, we just kind of do weird stuff, you know. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. <laughs> uh, like, uh, where did delicious the name delicious monsters come from? Delicioso monstera is a plant um it's a very popular plant and so just translated to english it's delicious monster nice so that's that's there that's great that's awesome i got a a lot of them sitting in my windows right now waiting to go outside when it gets humid and summery right on dope um so and y'all so y'all have played a a handful of shows um yeah it we're like we started practicing like last year, and we've only recently played shows. I think we've played our sixth show on Saturday, so we're still fairly new. Um, mm-hmm. And we got a show coming up tomorrow, and then on the thirteenth of May at so, the Noise Together Studio. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right on. So that'll be a good time. Both of those should be really fun. Hell yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's awesome. I yeah, I remember Doc and I got coffee a few months ago just to catch up because I hadn't I hadn't seen them in like few months and yeah he was telling me about the 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 band and uh the way he was describing it just yeah it sounded really uh unique and fun and so i i do really hope to catch a show a show soon tell me so you're the vocalist um i'd love to hear more about like kind of your lyrics and the things like you've been writing about with the songs so i guess a lot of the lyrics that i've been writing about have been coming from my my current obsession with aliens and cryptids <laughs> Hell yeah um and just the paranormal awesome. in general um we have a song about parandol or pareidolia um which is 
when you look at something like the clouds or wood paneling or something and you see faces or you know you like that looks like a dragon and it's just a cloud or something and so that's what pareidolia mm. is and and i think it's really fascinating that you know it's just like what did i see out the corner of my eye yeah. it's just like it's something whatever so we have songs about that there's a our new song we haven't played yet is called glass delusion because i'm also currently going through a historical royalty phase mm. um and so there was um, a princess that they kind of lovingly called the glass princess who believed that she swallowed a glass piano as a child and that it was still inside of her in her like early 20s hmm. and so she would have to like carefully walk upstairs and walk down sideways like through the hallways because she had swallowed this glass grand piano that wow. existed in her stomach wow. and so it was a song that you know it's just kind of like you know it's a silly love song but you know using a glass piano as like a metaphor kind of yeah. thing so so just stuff like that it's just like try to be more creative than just like you know love song love song <laughs> i'm you know because i'm kind of cheesy that way and so it's just like i don't know i just write about stuff like that but i try to make it more interesting yeah. oh that's super fucking um, cool yeah. yeah yeah well right on awesome yeah. that's that's awesome that is really cool i do y'all have any plans to record or anything or? i think we're recording next month um but yeah, hopefully we have a tape out by midsummer, and that should be fun. At least have something on online. We don't have anything yet, but sure. it's getting there. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Stay tuned, y'all. <laughs> Delicious monsters. Um, and then the last thing I uh, wanted to, to talk about a bit is uh, your, your your new podcast, Zelvis Live from the Moon. Um, yeah. Uh, do you want to share a bit about uh, what, what you have going on here and... Uh, yeah just what what the deal is so um zelvis started as zelvis and the rock and roll martians uh in the in the before times mm. and i would play shows shows live um well uh, i would play shows in person live in person um but I would play shows either just myself with a backing track or myself and the rock and roll martians full band mm, um sure and just I would do like Elvis cover sets. Sure. Um, when when was this? Uh, this was like 2019 that I started doing this. Oh, sure. Okay. Um, because I got really obsessed with Elvis, not in the sense that like Elvis as the person, but Elvis as this like, like this like persona, this this puppet of the music industry, and as like this icon that people still dress up as and perform and competitively perform Elvis. Yeah. Like there's Elvis competitions, yeah. which I think is really fascinating. And, um, I found it really amazing that Elvis never wrote any of his own songs. They're all other people's songs. And so it was like, people want to disregard these really good songs. Like a lot of his songs are so good because they don't like Elvis. And it's like, but the songs aren't even about Elvis. Like, they're not his songs. Yeah, yeah. And in, as a way to, like, highlight the songs and take the power away from that icon, um, I wanted to kind of just make this, like, like, like this other, this alternate story. And that I am Zelvis and I live on Mars and I, or I come from Mars and I have this whole backstory and... I like ended up on earth and it's just like, these songs were so good. 
and disregard Elvis because like whatever he came and he did like whatever but the songs are legitimately good so let's learn about these songs mm-hmm. who wrote these songs and yeah. let's learn about that but through this other like bizarro icon yeah, kind yeah, of thing yeah. and so trying to take that power away from just like this guy and like give that power and those songs to like someone else and so mm-hmm. um like that's that's kind of where where that came from and so sure. then like the like the pandemic happened and i did a live stream of that on my instagram mm-hmm. uh, but then i'm like how do i like i really love this persona and like i i had i had started writing um like like i started writing this short story and I had these uh, this other project that I used to call little buddies, and they were mm. little alien guys that you could adopt. And I still might, <laughs> I might resurrect That's that. That's adorable. I like um, that. But I had like I have this whole like I write a lot of really ridiculous like science fiction stories, sure. um, and so I'm just like, how do I actually like utilize a lot of these parts from these other stories and like build it into something else? And I got really into um, listening to like podcasts like our strange skies and like kryptonaut podcast and stuff where it's just like it's just a bunch of dudes it's a bunch of like white dudes sitting around drinking beer talking about monsters and aliens and like like i love the content and like the people like and like the fellows who do those podcasts are like they're super awesome people but at the same time it's like i don't want to like like why are all these people just still just like white dudes you know and um like I'm a very light person, but I'm still a brown person, and so I'm just kind of like, and and I have like they she pronouns, and so I'm just like, where where are all like the weird kids? Where are all the like not just like craft beer? For dudes, sure, yeah, you know? absolutely. And so, and like if those podcasts exist, they're not the number one. They're not the number one podcast like on Apple Pod or on Spotify, and so they're really hard to find. And I haven't really found many of them yet, you know. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of one at the moment to even like be like, listen to this podcast. It's sure. so good, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, and so I I tried proposing it to River West Radio, and they like poo pooed me a couple times. And so I'm just like, why am I trying to get on the radio when I can just have a podcast? Yeah, yeah. And so I'm just like, fine, like you don't want me to be on the radio. I'll just, you know, like I'm sure the neighborhood actually doesn't want to hear me listen, like, like talking about aliens. Anyways. <laughs> um, it's just like, Hey, I'm a bimbo from outer space. <laughs> Let's talk about aliens. I live on the moon. Um, and so, um, I started the podcast and it's, it's, like I feel really confident about it. I haven't had time to do a lot of them yet um, because I didn't realize how much time, like all the research was. Like yeah. I just like I feel like I have all this knowledge inside of me, but then once I like go to write it down and then make sure that like the facts, like like people are like like everything is cited because I still want to cite everything. Yeah, just yeah. be like, I'm telling you this, this, and this, and sure. I want to make sure everyone knows where to find all this stuff and then i'm like reading all these books and i'm like oh my god i just you know so yeah. it's taking a while my my goal is to release them on the new moon and the full moon every month so i want it to be like bi-monthly oh dope yeah. um it's not there yet but <laughs> sure. the first one's out and the second one will be shortly and um so it, it started from that and just wanting to like also make it because i've just i've been in such a woo-woo 
um, mode of just like, I just got certified for Reiki. I'm doing aromatherapy. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. I'm just like, I'm just like out in La La Land. <laughs> um, and like, like that can be really alienating for people. It's just like, oh my God, she's talking about crystals again. <laughs> you know, but like, but I think it's really fascinating to like, be like, what do, what does like mainstream pop culture and like the woo like have in common with itself and how can we like tie these things together so it's like actually a lot of this stuff is connected so in the podcast that i'm currently working on um you know like i'm ta- i'm discussing like the occult but then like what does the occult have to do with waldorf schools mm. and actually it has to do with a lot sure and wow. so what does that what does that whole thing have to do with baseball and then what does that have to do with a 2008 ukrainian alien abduction surprisingly a lot all three like are all four of those things all have like a cohesive narrative that tie them together and so that's what um episode two is about wow how do we take really mundane things that like we like just like kind of just like overlook in our daily lives and how do we like like how is like like all these things are somehow magical or somehow related to this like bizarre stuff you know mm-hmm. um and i think that's really fascinating i think it's a really interesting way to like kind of bridge the gap then between worlds in a way yeah. and, like it's like like that way it's like when you have to like talk to like you know like your square brother-in-law it's just like oh like so and so is like into this and he's like oh but did you know you know and in my first episode um it's just like, like the guy from the, that started Rickenbacker Guitars, like his distant cousin was like a fighter ace, but he was also really into aliens wow. and was part of this like really fascinating club that thought they would be able to telepathically contact aliens. Hmm. And um, Albert K. Bender, who is like the founder of the International Flying Saucer Bureau, like his case, like his experience is essentially what sparked the obsession with the men in black. So like there's all these really fascinating like tidbits that yeah. you can kind of go around with. So Damn. I don't know. I like I like Poor to just shit. tell people to get out their red string and tinfoil hats and we'll have a good time. <laughs> That's so cool. Damn. Yeah. You're, you're piecing together all of these things that seem otherwise unconnected, but can very easily turn into yeah a, a narrative of sorts that's that's awesome yeah like i just i want to be able to like i've never seen a single episode of sex in the city but i feel like there's something there like i'm sure i could like i'm sure i could trace that back to some kind of like nonsense sure yeah <laughs> and i say nonsense in like the most loving way possible yeah 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 but wow. but i think it'd be really cool to be like did you know yeah <laughs> I know nothing about that show. Oh yeah. 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 There's so much you can do with that. Yeah. You know, like there is, that sounds like a very immersive project to, to explore and, and have fun with, but also really like help people look in, in things in a totally different way. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking about what we were saying earlier about like, you know, what we were saying, like, you know, all these things are so connected. All these things are interconnected and they can, that can definitely be the case with, you know, stories of, yeah, like paranormal and, 
and cryptids and yeah no i I'm, I'm really into this shit too actually like i i've spent a lot of time reading like about cryptids on like Wik- wikipedia and yeah. like um and i used to have all like the books of lists when i was younger like that had like all of those like crazy stories like ufo sightings and shit it's yeah it's very immersive yeah and i think that like um there's like so many podcasts just like they like get information and then they give you the information that they just compiled and and that's that's really important like i i've learned so much from podcasts like that For sure. but i think it's also important to like pair that up against different things and i think just like, cuz like my brain works in a way of just like how is that connected to this how is this connected yeah. you know um i think that's really also really important because um there's so much of this stuff also and i think this is why it's taking me such a long time to get episodes out because i want to be as thorough as possible mm-hmm. and like all these episodes i feel like i feel like it's going to be like a never ending episode of the x files just like overarching and then like story of sure. the week monsters <laughs> um, yeah um but we have to like we have to really take into account also that a lot of these a lot of paranormal things a lot of alien things like woo woo wellness stuff it all comes from a very like a lot of this stuff comes from like really uncomfortable places like mm-hmm. it comes from like very racial like alienating kind of places that like is so messed up yeah. like like i don't even like like it's just like how does synchronicity like what does synchronicity have to do with racism you know a whole lot like Mm -hmm. like i'm gonna do like this whole episode on just like the occult and nazis and i'm just like oh Oh, my god that's like a six-part episode it's just like it's so hard because like these things are really cool like i love aliens and i love cryptids but there's this like seedy dark side of like all of this stuff like there's like a seedy dark side of like like crystals and wellness and it's just like this is out of control and so it's like how do i like how do i like talk about this stuff but also um like make sure that everyone knows what these things are about like like there's like this really good show that i i enjoyed um oh it was called hellier it was on yeah yeah, it was it was a good show but like the first five seconds of the show is just like oh there's like a white person with sage and then it's just like i like i like like obviously like indigenous people are like all colors but like at the same so i don't want to like just jump on this person like maybe this person isn't just like a white person like you know maybe they are of indigenous descent you know like in using sage but like i like point all this stuff out i'm just like oh that's really questionable this is really you know cringy and and then it's like throughout this show it's like like oh they're reading the book the the rebirth of pan and i'm just like oh that guy was a nazi yeah <laughs> and so it's just like yeah. like the like it's just like how but like they might not even know that like mm-hmm. like people might not even know that a lot of these sources are written by just like awful people and so it's like i don't even know that like i'm like yeah. learning this as i go and then i'm just like oh do i have to like go back and like like you know and so there's like all this information that i just like i like don't have yet i like i need yeah. to be like neo in the matrix just to, like get it all in there so i can yeah. like, sort and process these things and so it's just like making sure that like i talk about all these really fascinating things but then also going back and being like well this is really cool but it's also rooted in this yeah. or it has ties to this but there's also these avenues that like are less cringy you know and 
And it's just like the star. I don't know if I don't know how deep on TikTok you are. If you're like into star seeds or something, <laughs> but I could go on. Like, it's just like that oh, has yeah. a lot of like issues with like, you know, depending on what star system you're from. There's like an Aryan thing. I'm just like, I don't oh know. yeah, it's, it's wild. Well, actually, yeah. Like, I'm glad you brought that up because yeah, like I have read a lot about how the Nazis were into like a lot of new age spiritual practices and shit like it's like the the new age to like alt-right pipeline yeah shit it's really scary and so it's just like and that's then like like you listen to a lot of podcasts and they don't they don't like they don't delve that that deeply into it because it's like on the surface it's it's really cute and amazing and like feel good you know it's like you know good vibes only and like whatever and just like like the moment you get deeper, it's just like, oh no, what is in the, like, yeah. you know, and then it's just kind of like, so I think it's really important to like learn how to like navigate these interests because they're so interesting and it is like, like so much of it is just for everyone. Like mm-hmm. it's not just like, you know, it's like you can be abducted by aliens, whoever you are, I promise they will sure. abduct you if you want to, oh, yeah. 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 even if you don't want to, you know, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're not into consent apparently. Um, <laughs> but, but it's just like, like the narratives that get spun and like how like how people use that power over vulnerable people and yeah, yeah. and it just it gets really scary and so like i want to be able to provide a podcast that like gets into the fun parts but also reminds people and informs people that there is a deeper an often like cringy element to a lot yeah. of these things that they should know about that. Yeah. You a know? fear monk. Yeah. Like a lot of the fear mongering and yeah, uh, and the yeah. dangers. And it's just like, it's because a lot of these like fringe topics are vulnerable people. Yeah. And a lot of the, like, like, like even with like when I did my Reiki training and stuff like that, it was just like so much, like I was so worried because in some ways it's like, like, like you could easily prey off of vulnerable people who are looking for some kind of positive healing yeah. outlet. And it's just like, yeah. it's not fair to exploit people that way in of any course. capacity. And it's just like, you know, like, like this is just don't. Yeah. <laughs> just don't yeah. Be, be a good person. <laughs> totally. Right. Um, yeah. No, like really like appreciate all the, like everything you have to say on this topic because it's absolutely important. Like, you know, learning of the fears of, you know, what what governs people to act out of fear. I mean, it, it can teach us a lot yeah. about how to how to move forward positively, assess problematic behaviors in in like in a lot of these these um, practices of like, yeah, like what, what originated with these stories of like, yeah, UFOs, paranormal conspiracy theories. They like you were saying that when they come from a place of vulner like vulnerable people that can teach us a lot about, you know, what how that is being um, weaponized today and what we like how to how to like push back against that, like moving forward. But all and learning to practice and how you can practice like, you know, those those like you know fascinate fascinations with whatever it is you're into whether it's woo woo stuff or paranormal stuff but in a in an ethical way yeah, yeah. absolutely and there's definitely like ethical ways to do things of course. you know and mindful yeah. ways to do things that isn't like harming people of course you know? and so um yeah it's just like being able to like like um arm yourself with that knowledge and act on it appropriately exactly so yes most yeah. definitely 
Last thing I wanted to talk about real quick, um, just for the sake of time, um, but uh, I understand you were doing a mural at Cactus Club. I am doing a mural at Cactus Club. We'd love to hear about it. Um, so my pal Amanda is doing a thing called the Seed Library, the Milwaukee Seed Library. Mm. And it's similar to um, like the little the little libraries that pop up, oh, um, cool. like the leave a book, take oh, a book. Oh, yeah. there's thing. one right across the street. Um, only it's with seeds. And so the, the first one, I believe, is at Cactus Club. Um, it awesome. is already set up. You can go... Take a seed packet, leave a seed packet, get your garden, you know. That's, that's start lovely. Start your garden. And so, yeah. um, unfortunately for the weather this weekend, I wasn't able to paint this weekend, but it will be painted as soon as the weather holds out and sure. is not as moist. <laughs> right, yeah. Sorry, I'm just going to say moist again because I know people hate it, <laughs> but I like saying it. Um, it but, has been moist. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm really stoked about that mural. Um, yeah, and then I'm not allowed to talk too much about it, but I do have an art installation at a bar that will be opening in Walker's Point that you can update your podcast with when right. I'm available to give that information. But I'm really excited. So we'll do. So I'll have the mural out, Cactus, and then the installation at another secret place. Hell yeah. we love to see it. Yeah. Oh, well, awesome. Um, wow. Uh, Zelda, I had a great time talking to you. Uh, uh, on the show about all the things you do and why you do it and you know what and you know th th I really just appreciate like the way you look at things and how you perceive like yourself relative to the world around you and like the role that like all of us play and you know the whole concept of always be a buddy and uh, uh yeah also, like, Delicious Monster sounds like a ton of fun. Zelvis Live from the Moon sounds like really fascinating, fun, that is intriguing, and but also fun. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've just had a great time. So thank you for being a guest. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to me rant for like an hour. <laughs> oh, for sure. No, no worries. Um, so um, as we're closing out, Zelda, I ask... Everyone the same two questions, and you can answer however you you'd like. Um, uh, the first question is, what keeps you up at night? Nothing. I sleep very soundly. Do you? Yeah. I mean, I guess like it would be coffee if I have coffee afternoon, but I'm um, um, sure. Yeah. You know, I, I sleep pretty well. Well, that's actually the second question: is what puts you to sleep. Oh, <laughs> like literally or figuratively? <laughs> Either, honestly. Like, I get a, an array of answers. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess literally it would be the melatonin that I'm not supposed to take anymore, but because uh -huh. it's not good for you. Um, but what puts me to sleep? Like, mo like most things. <laughs> like, um, I don't. I don't want to leave the show on a negative note, but like, don't. Don't don't watch mass media. Don't don't subscribe to mass media. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it's not made by your friends, don't trust it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. No, I. Yeah, I, I I sleep pretty well too most days. For me, it's usually like a couple beers after a long day. Um, but honestly, yeah, usually, I'm just like I'm really fucking busy right now, so I I just like pass out at the end of the day. You yeah. know, it's a chaotic time. 
So yeah, that sounds much more fun. That's, that's, I'm not. I'm not as fun. Oh, I'm not. I don't drink enough. <laughs> oh no, you, you don't. You don't need to drink to have fun. I know. <laughs> I, I used to I used to joke. I know we're I know we're ending. I'm sorry. I'm bad with like I got these this Midwest. Good oh no, you're good. Thing. You're good. You're good. Um, but yeah, I used to joke that I was allergic to fun. <laughs> oh, but I'm okay. I'm okay now. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. I promise. I'm a good time. No, I've, I've had a great time. <laughs> Thanks again for being on the show. Yeah, thank you. You bet. Um, so for everyone watching, I will be tagging a link to alwaysbeabuddy.com uh, so you can uh, check out Zelda's. Uh, uh, artwork and website and um, check out uh, delicious monsters was it the cure if they played desert rock was the, the way it was put yes and we'll have a band camp shortly uh, awesome um i will be putting a link when, in the description whenever that's live as well and then uh yeah tune in to zelvis live from the moon the space bimbo's talking about interdimensionals Fuck yeah. Yes. I have a TikTok. Uh -huh. Right, Zelvis from the moon. Sure, sure, sure. Right on. Right. I'll be tagging a link to that yeah. as well. Thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. As always, we'll see you next time. Cheers. Yeah.